Hey friends, my name is Chanel Shaw and you are listening to Ave Spotlight. Today we're going to be talking to Mary Pizzullo about all things mercy. She's the author of Stumbling Into Grace and she's going to share with us a bunch of tips and tricks about how to live out mercy in your own life, as well as her own journey with God's mercy. It's going to be a great conversation and I'm so glad that y'all get to listen to it. Welcome, Mary. Mary, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, well, I'm a blogger for the Catholic channel of the Patheos Network, and I am a mom and a homeschooler. And I'm also now I write for the Catholic Herald, the one in England. Oh, wow. And I've written a book on the works of mercy. That's why I'm here, the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. So that's what we're going to talk about, I guess. Yeah, that is awesome. I mean, all of your professional accomplishments, but then also just like, having children. How many children do you have? Uh, just the one right now. Rosie is almost 10. Rosie. That's such a sweet mm-hmm. name. Oh my gosh. Yes. Wow. 10 years old. How is it having a 10 year old? Is it? Oh, is she sassy um, yet? She says, yes. <laughs> I'm always writing down quotes from her on, on my Twitter and my Facebook. So Rosie's got her own fan club. She is <laughs> very eloquent and doesn't let anybody get away with anything. And I, I love her all the more for it, but it's tiring. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it will all pay off in the end. Yes. My mom has always said when I was little, I was like very sassy, but she was like, one day it'll pay off and you're going to just be great. You're stronger for it. You know? Yeah. When she was very little, she actually arranged all of her teddy bears into a picket line because I was watching people picketing on the news and she said mommy write down we will not listen and i said <laughs> and she was marching around the living room i said okay keep this it's exhausting but the world needs this energy <laughs> yes the world so. needs that energy wow you are raising a little like world changer excuse me oh my god i hope so i'm yeah. so glad of her well i mean i have just had a cat so i can't <laughs> relate to you in terms of raising a human being but that is a wonderful accomplishment I'm so grateful to be able to talk to you today. Thank you so much for giving us your time. Thank you. So today I wanted to chat with you a little bit about mercy, which after reading your book, I'm pretty sure you are just, you just communicated it so well. And as someone who struggles with accepting mercy and giving it out, I can be a little bit of a grudge holder myself. It was just really good to read your experiences. And thank you so much also for just sharing what you been through in your own life. Oh, thanks. I'm glad to be able to share it. So I was curious, like what is mercy and how do we gain access to it? I mean, because the title of your book is Stumbling into Grace, right? So is the idea that it's just around us and we can just kind of encounter it or do we have to be receptive to it? I'm a very practical thinker. So I'd like to think that there's a way to do absolutely everything. So, (laughs) but maybe it's not that way. The best way I've ever, I can break it down is, you know, God is always present and always pouring himself out as like a hose. And then you fill the bucket and the bucket overflows and it starts running all over the yard. I'm a gardener, so I picture that a lot. Mm. And that's all the goodness and all the movement that the Holy Spirit wants to do. And humans have to put labels on everything. So when we feel like we deserve it, we call it justice. And when we feel mm. like it's more than we deserve, we call it mercy. And it's always there. And we... We access it by praying and asking for mercy, and we access it by just noticing all around us and receiving, just noticing when we've received good things, when we've even just having a good day or seeing something beautiful or hearing a song on the radio. When we go to church, when we receive communion, if you open your eyes to it, you receive it. And 
The other way to receive it is to give it, to always be attentive to other people's needs and not worry too much about, do they deserve it? Is it justice? Do they not deserve it? Is it mercy? But just to reach out in kindness as much as you can, you become part of the movement like dominoes and the Holy Spirit moves everybody. I think it's more like walking into mercy than getting mercy. That is a word. And um, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. And also, that is a call to action for Chanel because, wow, yikes. Can I ask, how do you give out mercy without thinking through, does this person deserve it? You know, because sometimes I think, like, okay, does this person deserve it? Is it just, should they be punished? <laughs> should they just, <laughs> you know, it's kind of that mentality of like, should they just kind of sit with their bad? experience or do I need to be merciful to them? Is that my place? Sometimes it just kind of feels like even when people, not even people that are going through hard times is separate, but like if someone does something that wrongs you. For me, I used to definitely be in the mindset of like, I just kind of want them to rest in that. And I don't know if I want to be merciful right now. So would you have any tips for how to kind of like transition past that mode of thinking? I mean, it's always tricky. It's always, there are different levels. Sometimes you might even have to see a therapist or a spiritual director to work it out, depending on what's been done to you. But I think you have to honestly remember the golden rule is love your neighbor as yourself. So first you love yourself and you say, what do I need? Am I going to get abused again? Or, or is it just going to be a mild inconvenience? Can I handle this? Am I being badly hurt? Am I being traumatized? Am I overreacting? And when you can be honest with yourself and answer that, then you can say, okay, this is a good time to talk to that person again. Okay, this is a good time to hold off and wait, always with the thought of what I need and what they need and trying to leave aside, oh, wouldn't it be satisfying to get back at them? Which I, you know, I, I'm Irish. I've got a temper. I like to do that too, but, <laughs> but you're not supposed to. You yeah. should all pray for the grace not to. <laughs> so hard. Sometimes I'm like, it's hard. Know, God, what are your expectations for me? Because I... Sometimes I'm just like, you know how great it would be if that person just sat in that bad feeling just for a little bit, just for a little, you know, but I know that God is merciful and wants to pour out grace and love to us. So I'm like, I know I should do that for other people. But sometimes a little part of me is like, what if they just felt, what if they just felt a little sad for like a little bit longer, you know? So that is definitely a word. How have you experienced I mean, from writing your book and just from your professional and your personal life, I'm sure. I mean, you have been through a whole lot. How have you, has your experience of mercy, has that formed your idea of how you live it out? Have you had particular experiences that kind of help form you in that yeah, way? So many times the book starts out when we were very poor living in Steubenville without many friends. And for a few years, just my grandmother sent us a gift to pay the rent. And other than that, scrape it together every month and try to live. And several times, some of them I talk about in the book and some of them I don't have space. I just desperately asked somebody I barely knew for grocery money and she brought me my grocery list and a quart of ice cream. That wasn't in the book, but she brought me a treat and all kinds of little things like that. And I felt so relieved and I felt also angry that I had to ask and angry that I had never been told this is what poor people go through. Because I think we have an idealized image of what it's like to be poor. And you don't realize in your own country, America is the richest country in the world. And there's certain assistance available and there's certain that just isn't. And when we're educated, you know, we're supposed to think nice thoughts about the poor and put money in the poor box, but nobody teaches us what help is needed. So I was relieved and I felt great. And I also felt angry that I had not been told. 
and in equal parts that energized me. I have to be able to teach people that you have to be able to walk the walk and this is how you do it helpfully. So nobody else feels this way. Mm. Wow. Yes. That must have been also such a humbling experience to receive like help from another person. But I love that that person gave you ice cream because I mean, that's a real friend. <laughs> yes. That More is. than anything, I would be like, absolutely, I will receive this ice cream. So yeah. that's awesome. Through your experience of receiving mercy and that kind of, I mean, humility that probably also came with that, do you feel like that kind of helped you give in times where you were having hardships yourself? Yeah, it did. I just, I remembered how that felt and I really wanted to help. And at first, when we were very poor, one of the things about being poor that people don't talk about is you want to participate. You want to make a difference, but you're just so tired and so busy. You don't have the resources. So I started as we gradually worked our way out. I mean, we're still not, you know, every year we do a little bit better, but Mm -hmm. we started making rules for ourselves. Like when you go to the store, you'll pick up one can. And when this bag of cans is full, you can take it down to the food pantry. Or if the kids are playing outside with Rosie in the front yard and they say they're thirsty, you bring everybody a glass of water just to look for the little things you can do. And eventually as your resources expand, if they do expand, you reassess and expand the little things that you do. Mm, Wow. Those are really accessible things too. I mean, I used to work at a grocery store and when I would have time off, so like I live in Philadelphia, so on my drive to work, it's just, I think Philadelphia is a very checkered city. So you drive through and then it's extremely wealthy and like a lot of gentrification in some areas. And then in the next area, maybe across the street, it's extremely poor. And it's interesting kind of driving through that and seeing all those people and then going to work at a grocery store. So on my way home, I've started just buying like whatever I can, like bottled water or like snacks or whatever. And it's just interesting giving those things out on my drive home and seeing the ways that people that receive those gifts even just want to give back to me because I would see the same people every drive home and every drive to work. And so it, I just think that's so great that you can still give even when you're, you don't have a lot maybe physically to give, but you can just still find a way to give back to people. Because if it was me, and I definitely have been on the end of not having a lot, I definitely remember moments where all I wanted to do was just hold on to what I had, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's super great. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. If you were to identify a time in your life where you struggled with giving out mercy in a super like simple way, right? But maybe a simple time where you just like struggled to give out mercy, what would that moment be for you? That's something I'm learning. How can we help in communities where there is a bully and an abuser? And how can we be effective and protect people and protect ourselves without giving in to just backbiting and being as angry as we want to be. That's a difficult thing to learn, but I think we all should. That is a really difficult thing to learn. Much easier said than done to be like, to just not be upset with people or just like you were saying, just kind of let someone have it. But then also to just come from a place of like, I actually just genuinely want to help people. I think that's an awesome example of a real way. For me, I think in a real way, I live with four other women in a house in Philadelphia that has its fair share of 
problems. It was like one of those renovated homes, but kind of quick renovated. So they just kind of slapped some tile on the ground and called it a shower kind of renovate. So every day that we live here, there is a new adventure that we experience in like renting. And our basement particularly, it floods like almost every month. And it goes into the other person's basement, like our neighbors, and it's super frustrating and annoying. And one month, particularly when we first lived here, our basement flooded and then our washing machine broke in the same week. And so my roommates and I had to take all of our things and bring them to the laundromat, like down the street, anytime we wanted to wash clothes. And then at the same time, our water, like our hot water would turn off every other day. And it was such like a, and it can seem so silly because it's like, okay, well, you know, how often do you need hot water? And like, you know, how much clothes do you need to wash? But living with like five people, it just, it was one of those experiences where every time I talked to the landlord, I just wanted to show less and less mercy to him. And I just, you know, you just want to be like meaner and meaner every time I would talk to him. And so in a real way, I reflect on how I definitely didn't want to give out mercy in those moments. And I definitely... Mm -hmm wouldn't have cared if my landlord just felt bad for a very, very, very long time. I kind of, you know, it's interesting how when we talk about mercy, I think an immediate reflection for a lot of people is like punishment and how, you know, mercy and punishment kind of work opposite, you know? I love how you are trying to apply it to your life in real ways and make it more accessible. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. There's also always the question of God doesn't want anyone to be a pushover. And maybe you have this image of a saint in your mind. Saints are going to sit there quietly and be a pushover. And that's not fair. And it's not fair to the person who's abusing you because it's in their interest that you call them out too. So always having to know in each situation, do I just shut up and take it in this situation because it's not worth a fight? Is this a situation for standing my ground firmly. Sometimes there are situations where you have to fight in self-defense and you have to get the word out and people will tell you it's gossip and you're actually protecting the community from somebody dangerous. It's just this whole spectrum of knowing what to do. It's difficult, but learning how to navigate, and I'm certainly still learning. I have a bad temper. So just learning how to navigate and know when to unleash that Irish temper is part of all of this. It's part of having mercy and having justice because being angry isn't necessarily a bad thing. Most definitely. And I think accessing that emotion and acknowledging that you are upset and acknowledging that you want justice doesn't mean that you're not going to show mercy to somebody. That is everything. You are sharing real knowledge tonight. And as I am packing up my house, it's so hot in our house and I've been sweating all day. (laughs) And I definitely want to send another angry email to our landlord. And I think I will pause before I do it. So Maybe I won't. Maybe it'll be a nice one. So thank you so much, Mary, for just sharing with us. It was so awesome to hear your wisdom and and just you're such a real person. It's nice to have a conversation with a real person, you know? Sometimes I think as Christians and as Catholics, it can be like this hard experience of feeling like you always have to, like you were saying, we don't want to be pushovers. Like you constantly just have to take things that aren't for you, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I very much appreciate it. So at the end of every episode, we ask our guests what their hope for the week is. So it can be anything that you're looking forward to. I can go first if you need some time, or you can go first if you're ready. How are you feeling? Well, I know actually tomorrow, my husband and I are getting our second Moderna shot. So I am so hopeful 
in two weeks, I'll be immune and I won't have to worry about going to the mass that's sparsely populated. I can go to any mass I want. Wow. No way. Wow. <laughs> I'm so excited. Wow. I'm still on the wait list. Wow. Congratulations. Oh, no. that- so my hope for the week would be I am moving, like I was saying. So I'm driving to Florida on Saturday and my hope is that I just pack my car efficiently. That is my only hope in a very practical way. I'm a very bad packer. So I'm hoping (laughs) that I can just get all my things in my car and not have things like over my head and have enough room for my plant who I'm going to put in the passenger seat. So that is my hope for this week. So Mary, where can we learn more about you and what you're up to? Well, I'm on Twitter, Mary Pizzullo, and my Facebook page for my blog is Steel Magnificat. That's the name of the blog, Steel for the Ohio Valley and Magnificat for the Virgin Mary. And uh, my Patheos blog is called Steel Magnificat, and you'll see me at the Catholic Herald occasionally whenever I submit something there. Sweet. That's awesome. And we'll put all of that in our show notes so people can check that out. But thank you so much again, Mary, for being with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys for listening and thank you to Mary for being our guest. We have more information about what Mary's up to in our show notes, so please check that out. As always, don't forget to share us with your friends and rate, review, and subscribe. I'm looking so forward to talking with y'all next week. Thank you guys and God bless. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit spokestreet.com.